Jazz and Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph, they know the vibes, we outside. You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed Podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bowl Family, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, and Liquid Death. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein talked about it yesterday. It always feels good to get yourself back in the win column, but Pass is a nice place to visit, but you don't want to live there. And unfortunately, we can't live there as we have to move on to week five. Big matchup in the AFC. Chargers versus the Browns. Chargers can second consecutive week on the road going up against a very interesting and tough in some circumstances opponent when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. We all remember the game last year. Ended up being pretty damn interesting on the, on the backs of Nick Chubb and David Njoku for the Cleveland Browns. Thankfully, the Chargers were able to escape with that one. Let's see if they can make two in a row. But Dan Wolkenstein, lots to get into as we come up to this Week 5 matchup. Pivotal in the AFC race as it relates to not only the Chargers' own division to keep pace with the Kansas City Chiefs, but the AFC as a whole. How are you, my friend? I am good. I am good. Welcome to Chargers Unleashed. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day to you, Jake, and to everyone out there watching and listening. Um, A lot to get into today. Chargers Unleashed hotline right off the clip. We'll go ahead and get to that here in a minute. Again, you can call anytime, 323-374-5651. Leave us a voicemail, whether it's a reaction or a take, a prediction, you name it, or a question, and, and we'll go ahead and make sure that a fashion we statement, whatever it may be. Oh, careful, careful, careful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we'll get into a Charge Leash hotline. We got one here in a bit that we'll get into here. Let's try to do the next couple minutes. Um, Jake, I'm doing great. There's a big matchup between the Chargers and the Browns. A lot of, interestingly enough, they are both good at very different things. And it's going to be interesting to see how good on bad goes on both sides. Um, lots to get into, obviously. We'll get into the bold predictions. We'll get into the keys, matchups, things like that. Um, Jake, I still have my 100 ounces that I drink every day. I probably should just go get one from Liquid Death at this point. Now that I can go out into the world, I'm fully recovered, feel alive and well. Yeah. Um, our friends over at Liquid Death are trying to help everyone curb their thirst, murder their thirst, if you will. Jake, talk to us about our friends over at Liquid Death. Well, as Dan teased, whatever you got next to you, Albertsons, 7-Eleven, Ralph's, Kroger's, depending on what sides of the state you're living in, go pick yourself up a can of Liquid Death. If you happen to see something that may look like a tall boy in the water or the energy drink section, don't be fooled because it's definitely not alcohol. It's the newest sparkling water that's out there. comes in three different flavors in regular mango and lime. Liquid Death, as Dan mentioned, is out there murdering the thirst and murdering the competition as it relates to sparkling water. Uh, in turn, a lot of their purchases actually go to a great recyclable cause as far as what they do with recyclables and plastic. So as a company, as a whole, and as a nice refreshment, go pick yourself up a can of Liquid Death today. Okay, so hopefully opposite of Liquid Death feeling come Sunday, 1 o'clock, Chargers went up against the against the Chiefs, <laughs> against the Browns. Um, Jake, so overall, high level, 5,000 foot view. Um, what do you make of this Browns team? It's 
it, it's it's interesting, Dan, because you look at you look at some performances that they've had throughout the season thus far. If you were to take a microchasm of last week, there were big name players for the Browns that were not playing defensively, and then Atlanta uses Cleveland's own game plan against them essentially in the second half and just decides to run the ball down their throat. And that's Cleveland's game. That's what they do to you. You know, Jacoby Brissett didn't have a good game last week. He's been able to keep them afloat in some circumstances, you know, through the first couple weeks, but it's, it's an interesting dynamic. And when you look at this team offensively and defensively, Cleveland's got weapons on both sides of the ball, but it's there's big stats that come out both on the Chargers and both for the Browns. And you're just at a stalemate here to say outside of the X factor that is Justin Herbert, which is obviously the biggest advantage that you see here in, in terms of the quarterback goes, but Cleveland Browns giving up some of the biggest plays in the NFL all in the fourth quarter defensively, but the Chargers <laughs> give up, give up, are like at the very almost. I don't think they're at the top. Check me on that, but they're definitely up there in terms of points that they give up in the fourth quarter. And so they don't it, score, so it's that's not cool. it's not a good look. I mean, hell, Houston for crying out loud was it was an eighty. I think it was eighty three to zero differential heading into the game against the Chargers in the fourth quarter. They scored their first fourth quarter points last week against the Chargers all season long. So. <laughs> It's basically one of these type of things. Something's got to give. Jamari Sawyer is going to have a completely different test this week. So there's a lot of different elements that we need to talk about, a lot of different elements that we need to break down. Uh, It's not going to be a cakewalk by any means, because if it was, it definitely wouldn't be a Charger game. You'd be watching another team. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, This Charger Leash Hotline is brought to you by Bet Online, Jake. Our friends are at Bet Online. All kinds of different wagers, all kinds of different Best prop bets that you can do for basically anything. Um, I'll give you a question, Jake. Over or under how many rushing yards the Cleveland Browns get on the Chargers? I will put the line, I'm making this up out of my ass 134 and a half. I'm gonna go over. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go over. It's <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get that. I'm going to be laughing. It's because I don't cry. Uh, Here's what I hope, because you have arguably the best duo running back team that you're about to go up against in the NFL right now with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And you saw what they did to you last year. So they definitely put on a show against you last year. I was there in the stands for that. Thankfully, you were able to come away with a victory in that game. The Chargers are on an inst- interesting trend right now for all the wrong reasons, giving up big plays of, what was it, Dan, 50 yards or more that they've done that in three consecutive games. And when it looks like that they've held the running game somewhat in check, and then that happens. So against arguably the best duo that any NFL team has out there, I hope it's I hope they're not giving up big plays, but collectively as a whole... I'll I'll say that they're going to get their run game going in some form or fashion. For folks in the comments watching, listening, leave us a comment. Over under 134 and a half yards rushing this Chargers defense allows. Jake, bet online. We're gonna to get to our Chargers Leash hotline here. Uh, but first, let's talk about bet online. Tell the friends. 
Yeah, well, football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf, and of course, the NFL. Head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Well, as we do every week, Jake, we're going to go into Chargers offense versus the opponent's defense, then flip it. Uh, we're going to start with the Chargers offense versus the Browns defense, then go to the Browns offense versus the Chargers defense before we get into our predictions, uh, keys to the game, etc. To kick that off, Jake, we got a Chargers Unleashed voicemail. Let's go ahead and start this thing right off the clip. Let's hear what they have to say. This is Etienne. Uh, I really appreciate that. I am calling for the first time uh, about next week's matchup. I know a lot of people are concerned about the Cleveland Browns running game. But I really believe the key matchup is for our offense to be aggressive and score touchdowns in the red zone. Because if you do, you put them behind the eight ball, and now they cannot run the ball the way they want to. Give me your thoughts. Thank you very much. My name is Ekia. So this is interesting, Dan, because this kind of rides along a similar type of line as what we were dealing with last week. You get a lead, that's great. <laughs> the, first off, I don't think the Cleveland Browns are going to go away really from what works for them. They'll be down 40 points. They'll still run. Josh. Yes. So really, and not to be disrespectful here, but the only person that could kill a 20-point lead is not the Cleveland Browns. It's, it's the Chargers. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. Low the blow. Chargers... The Chargers could be up 20, and the the responsibility for making that game close will be solely on them. It will not be because of the opposite team. It will be because of mistakes. It will be a, turning to a conservative playbook, and it will be from letting that team back in the game. So as we said on the show earlier this week, you have to learn to limit those mistakes. And when you have your foot on someone, you just need to keep it on them. And especially in a game like this, when you're talking about big plays that the Chargers have given up as far as 50 yards or more in three consecutive games. The Cleveland Browns have 25 plays of explosiveness throughout the first four weeks of the season. We're talking plays that extend beyond 10 yards or more. So they're going to be ripe for the picking with the potential to break one of these plays open. So it really doesn't matter. Last year, David Njoku, outside of the running game, David Njoku had himself a game over 100 yards uh, and a touchdown, I believe, in that game, if I remember correctly. So he's going to be seizing for that. He's actually had a nice two weeks. I think it's 17 targets, 14 catches that he's had over the last two weeks alone. So you know Jacoby Brissett's going to be targeting him in this game. Over 70 yards in two straight games. Yes. So the Browns, I think, definitely have a plan on how they're going to execute. It's now up to the Chargers to come into this game, both from an offensive and a defensive standpoint, to say, when you get those opportunities on those third and longs, you can't be allowing them to convert in any shape or form. And when you get the offense back on the field, you need to be putting together long drives, keeping that offense off the field, and ultimately put seven in the end zone. So to answer... Or to, to respond to the voicemail, first off, thank you so much for calling. Um, 
I, I mean, yes, I would agree. Chargers need to put points on the board on offense. That way they can force the Chiefs. I keep saying the Chiefs. I have no idea why. Force the Browns uh, to have to replicate that with touchdowns. Now, the Browns will run the ball regardless. And, I mean, realistically, they are better. They get more yards per attempt running than a lot of teams do passing. So, like, their running, their running attack is arguably the best in the NFL, depending on what statistics you want to look at. But eyeball test scares the hell out of me. Yes, I agree, though. I do not think that the Chargers' defense is going to stop the Cleveland Browns' rushing attack. Not at all. Do I think it could make it not terrible? Like, I hope. You know, my, my goal is to get it around, like, 90 yards total. If we can keep it around that, like, I'm cool. 100 yards, fine. 170 yards, not so good. So, if the Chargers can at least, on offense, do what they did last week, where they get out to a lead... No, the Browns are not going to go away from the run, but if you make Jacoby Brissett beat you and have to catch up, I trust our secondary and the pass rush, like you saw last week, to get home. I trust that I trust them to make plays. I trust JC Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., and Bryce Callahan against Najoku, against Peoples Jones, and against Amari Cooper. I'll take that matchup every day. I really will. Now if we have to have those guys tackling Kareem Hunt and those guys tackling Nick Chubb, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know about that. I don't like that. But Derwin James and those three, I'm good with. Uh, so to answer the question, yes, obviously, you want to get the Chargers up in front with the lead. On offense, I think it is important, Jake, and this is where we get into the specifics here, Chargers offense, Cleveland Browns defense. Um, I'm torn here, Jake. <laughs> You know the Chargers, you know Brandon Staley in this front office. They want to be that tough, rugged football team. They want to be physical. They want to impose their will, and they want to be that ground, ground and pound football team. Obviously, they got Chester Herbert. They're going to throw the effing ball down the field, quote-unquote. But they want to be able to run the ball. I think the Chargers are going to try to come out and establish dominance and physicality running the ball. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good idea. I, I just In this type of game, I don't know. I would like to see, and again, big question marks on offense for the Chargers. Keenan Allen, we don't know if he's going to play. Did not practice today. Question. Looks like Donald Barham might be playing. Looks like he's a full participant this week. So for the most part, your offense is good, healthy, other than Keenan Allen. I know that's a big other than. Um, we'll see what happens with Michael Bandy if he stays. The, I think the offense needs to do a lot of what they did last week, like you mentioned in the last show, Jake, in the first half. There was so much misdirection. They kept the defense on their heels many times, and you saw it getting sprayed around to multiple targets. You saw Michael Bandy involved. You saw Mike Williams involved. You saw Gerald Everett involved. You saw Austin Eckler out of the backfield, and you saw Josh Palmer involved. It kind of all went all over the place, and it went down the field. Second half for a couple drives, it stayed pretty conservative up towards the line of scrimmage, mostly to your running backs from out of a passing formation. So I would like to see that continue for all four quarters. And again, those things happen when you can sustain drives, which in short, they did in the first half, did not in the second half last week. But in my opinion, I think you have to go out and target this Cleveland Browns passing defense and quick Quick release. You have, you're going up against, you could be going up against Miles Garrett, Andrew Davian Clowney. You don't want to try taking shots down the field, five, seven, stop, seven step drops against those guys. 
all the time. Like you're going to get hit if you do that. Now, a couple times, sure, but I would like to see meticulous. I would like to see five, ten yard routes, corner routes, things like that, screens, end arounds. Like I would like to see efficiently moving the ball down the field, moving the chains, taking the clock, and keeping that defense on their heels. If you let them be aggressive, in my opinion, Jake, this is going to be a long afternoon. I agree. Here's a good comparison stat for what to expect from this Cleveland Browns defense. All indications, it sounds like, that Miles Garrett is going to make his return this week, which obviously doesn't help the Chargers offense uh, any bit. We don't know about Jadavian Clowney still nursing an ankle injury. Even last week, without those two players, going up against Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons, Dan, (laughs) listen to this. They brought they were able to generate pressure on 55% of those dropbacks okay and again we're talking about a very different quarterback disparity between Marcus Mariota I was going to say Justin go back and watch that game like Marcus Mariota was yes. not accurate so <laughs> they they didn't care at all last week because they weren't afraid of Marcus Mariota now you go and they back were correct he was airmailing many passes there it is now, you go back one year ago. They only the Cleveland Browns only brought an extra rusher on uh 7 of Herbert's 48 dropbacks. So 14% essentially is what it was last year. It took the most plan. And what did Herbert do? Mm, he just, you know, threw for 398 yards and four touchdowns in that game. So you rushed for a one too. Herbert is one of the best as far as completion rate and what he's able to do with the football when he's blitzed. Now, how can Cleveland get around that? They're going to have to look to disguise a bunch of things, which the Chargers offense obviously has to be ready for. This is going to be a much bigger test for Jamari Sawyer with Miles Garrett coming back into this lineup. So how is that going to look with the blindside protection? I 100% agree with Dan that, yes, you need to mix it up a little bit. You have to still employ a lot of that play action, a little bit more of those bootlegs where you can get your guys out in space. If Keenan Allen does not end up playing this week, I think there's going to be another big dose of Gerald Everett and Mike Williams over the middle in space. I think they'll employ a lot of that same game plan. But Michael Bandy's back? I think Michael Bandy will be back. I know that the Chargers just ended up signing Keelan Doss to their practice squad. I don't know if that means that this is going to be a replacement for either Jason Moore. I can't remember the other wide receiver that was signed to the practice squad just two weeks ago. John Eagles. Yes. I can't remember his name, but I I don't know if that's a replacement for either one of them, but I would expect how Michael Bandy produced with how many plays he was on the field and 20 and how many targets he got and what he was able to do with it. I would assume that he would still be part of this wide receiver rotation, but you Dan, like I know Brandon Staley still likes to keep a defense honest. So I think he still wants to take a little bit of that momentum that he got from this Houston Texans game in the run game and still try to do something with it. Because again, if Atlanta can do it, you may be able to find some holes and hopefully from a game plan perspective, dissect a little bit and see where you can get some openings as far if as the run game goes. If the Chargers are going to do it, they're going to have to use John Jay Carter and Austin Eckler like the Atlanta Falcons use Cordell Patterson. Correct. Now, will they... Will they? I don't know. And and I think that the question. challenge for me is that the Cleveland Browns defensive front like is pretty big. 
I know everybody talks about Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. Um, that Jordan Elliott interior defensive lineman, like that guy's good, man. I don't know what his statistics are, but you watch him. They also got Perry Winfrey in there. You got Tevin Bryan. You got Joke, which I th- loved coming out of college. Jeremiah Usukoramoa. Uh, like, th- obviously, their secondary has a ton of names. You know, Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, Greg Newsom, John Johnson, Monty Harrison, Martin Everson. Like, they go on and on and on. But, like, Jake, their passing defense has not been great, and they've given up a ton. And if you do, if you recall, Mike Williams balls out every time he goes up against Denzel Ward. And go back to the last game he played him. That's that's a rivalry going all the way back to their college days between Clemson and Ohio State, too. So, um, and Dan, I remember I was mentioning as far as where the Chargers were in terms of fourth quarter points that are given up. I know it's like up there. It's not the top. No, the, the Browns have allowed 50 points in the fourth quarter this season, which is the most in the league. So literally, it's like one of these things has to give. What are you going to do? So I know they're getting Greedy Williams back from IR. He was designated to return. I think all indications are that he's going to be back in their secondary. You know what Denzel Ward brings to the table uh, as far as what he was he allowed last week. A ridiculous stat line. But then again... Atlanta Falcons wide receiver and quarterback are very different than what the Chargers are able to employ. So it's it's going to be interesting, Dan. This is this is going to have to be one of those defenses that you cannot afford to make any mistakes on. You can't allow that to happen. You have to play your game, have a very consistent game plan and how you attack this defense, and you have to play four quarters of football with that same type of mentality. Yeah. Um, so in terms of key matchups, Jake, uh, look at the, the Chargers offense versus the Browns defense. Uh, where do you see kind of the keys to this game Char- being a victory or a defeat for the Chargers? Chargers offense versus the Browns defense? Yes. I mean, it's going to be have to be on the backs of Justin Herbert again. And whether or not you're going to be getting Austin Eckler in play, I, you know, this, I don't think that this is going to be a game that you're going to see a second consecutive resurgence in the run game. It's going to be completely different. But I think that you can still continue this trend of getting Austin Eckler out in space. Those two bootleg passes, the one to convert the fourth down and the one ultimately to, to for the, um, you know, the final touchdown drive of last week's mm-hmm. game, those were beautifully drawn up plays. But it has to be more like that getting your guys out in space, whether it's Austin Eckler, Donald Parham coming back to this game, I hope is going to be a big contributor finally to have him and Gerald Everett in those red zone situations that we're talking about with the big body guys like that. I think that Mike Williams over the middle is going to be more predominant, especially if Keenan Allen doesn't play. So you just have to basically put, obviously put yourself, put your quarterback in a position to where, He's not, as you said, Dan, not taking those five, seven, seven drops every single time. Matriculate the field, make it short, but stay consistent in your game plan and not turn the football over. And if you can do that and keep a consistent game plan throughout the game, offensively, you should be able to move this ball fairly well and put points on the board. So I think it's, I think it's going to be important, you know, obviously the Jamari Sawyer, Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, like that's a huge matchup. Yes. Player on player. Um, I do think the Denzel Ward, Mike Williams one is going to be huge. I do think that you're going to see, you know, the Jeremiah with the Koromoa linebacking core go up against Austin Eckler and crew in space out of the flats. I think that's going to be a, a big, big one. 
And then are you trying to find who who's going to be left open in that circumstance? Ideally. Is it so is it going to be the Joshua Palmers, the DeAndre Carters, the Michael Bandys of the world that are going to see those one-on-one matchups then? Yes. And that and that is and that is where I think Michael Bandy, DeAndre Carter, Gerald Everett, all three of those guys are kind of made for this type of game. Now, will they do it? Will the Chargers deploy that type of offense? I'm not sure. But it all starts with, can they keep Justin Herbert clean? Obviously. And Corey Lindsley being back is huge. Him being able to kind of set the standard there, I think is important. Uh, But overall, I think it has to be, can Gerald Everett continue to do Gerald Everett things, which he's been balling out this year? I know there's been some Chargers fans who have been unhappy with him for a couple plays that he has missed the last few weeks. But he's been pretty darn good and has been as advertised. If Jamari Sawyer can have the same performance as he did last week, if Trey Pipkins can be the same Trey Pipkins he's been so far this year, and if the wide receiver, and if we can spread the ball around and be efficient, I think the Chargers are going to be okay. I really do. I, I The Chargers, I, I just don't want them to go away from who they are. And I don't want them to try to be a team that they're not. Don't break the Lamborghini, man. Thank you. Thank don't you. break the Lamborghini. <laughs> All right, so flipping it. And I think this is kind of where folks are scared, and rightfully so. Uh, the Chargers, we've talked about it at nausea. All last year, the Chargers were horrendous at stopping the run. And honestly, the Chargers off defense this year has statistically not been much better. But I do think that there is some hope in that, you know, there's some positive and negatives here, but the Chargers have given up, you mentioned it, three straight games with a 50-yard touchdown run or more. And that's unacceptable. But if they clean those up, which mostly that is because folks are out of position and they're not executing what they should be doing, as your Adderley and a few others. If they can clean up the one play that they give up for big chunks, i.e. 75 yards, Damian Pierce, Clyde Edwards Lair goes off. It's things like that. Take away the big chunk. Jake, last week, Damian Pierce has 75 yard run. If you take that out, the one play he had like 55 yards on like whatever, 13 or 14 carries. You'll take that. Take the 50 yard run away from Clyde Edwards Lair. You'll take that. Take James Robinson's 50-yard run off the, off the table. Statistically, the Chargers are doing much better. So that's, in my eyes, looking at this team and looking at this matchup and especially looking at what happened last year. I know last year's defense is nothing like this year, and the Chargers' defense has a lot more guys now. But go back and watch the Cleveland Browns game and how many just chunk gash plays the Browns were getting on the Chargers all game, especially in the second half. The, if the Chargers can limit the big play and make them beat you meticulously, matriculate themselves down the field, I don't see it happening. I, the Chargers have too many playmakers. You give them enough reps to make plays, I think they could do it. But if you just give them 50 yards in 20 seconds, then it's going to be a long day. I know that that stat line is skewed when you start look, you start piling up the big plays of 50 plus or more through three, three consecutive weeks. If you were to just look at it from face value without actually knowing the context, the Chargers actually are allowing a league high 6.1 yards per carry to running backs. 
But as you said, Dan, going all the way back to the Kansas City game with the long run, I think it was that CEH put in like the third quarter of the game. You go to the Jacksonville game on the fourth down run that ultimately was a 50-yard touchdown. You take last week's 75-yard run that Damian Pierce did. It's a little bit, bit misleading as far as the stats goes. I get it. But it is shown a trend that the Chargers are still susceptible of that. And we've even seen gaffes like last week, the Nico Collins one where he got free over the top. You know, Amari Cooper did not have a good game last week, was barely even looked at. I think they're, they need to, if, the, if, they're the, if, if you're the Browns, that's what you need to get in a rhythm of. If you can create a balanced offense, even though what works for you the best is just running the football. But if you can have time for Joby, Jacoby Brissett to find David Njoku, to find Amari Cooper, it could be a long, long afternoon for the Chargers in this circumstance. Personally, if it were me, I said this to you off air, Dan, one of the first moves that I would do prior to Sunday is A, activate Tito and elevate Brennan Bahoko from the practice squad. Why? Why? Well, let's see. I would like to stop this narrative that the Chargers have a bad run defense, even though statistically it looks that way. I have now watched three games where you have given up three big plays like this, two opposing running backs, and you're going up against the best running back duo in the NFL as it currently stands right now. Knowing that that is their bread and butter and what they're going to try to employ, me as a head coach, I would want two of my better run stuffers in on my defense. Just a thought. Don't think it's that wild or a bold prediction, but that's just something that I would do right off the bat. Now, what one thing that both of these teams do very well is protect the quarterback. Chargers, best in the NFL at only allowing four sacks in the NFL or so far this season, 2.4% sack percentage. Cleveland Browns, one more sack, five, 3.8. They rank fifth among all NFL teams of sack percentage on offense. So their offense gives their quarterback life, which is good. So it's important, you know, as much as we dog on, you know, the Chargers offensive line or the, the, how good the Chargers defensive line has been, or going up against a defensive, an offensive line who does very well at protecting the quarterback. Now, if the quarter, if the Chargers can't take advantage of them in that regard and get some sacks, then I think they're going to be in a pretty good spot. I mean, the Chargers, I believe are amongst, the top five, I believe, in the amount of sacks that they get on defense. Um, and so it, it it's important that you apply pressure, but it's important to apply the right pressure. And in my opinion, with a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett and a running game like the Cleveland Browns have, this is basically, in my opinion, where the Chargers put all of their eggs this past offseason on the defense. You brought in Khalil Mack. You brought in Sebastian Joseph Day. You brought in Austin Johnson. All of these guys to fill the interior of this defensive line. In my opinion, the Chargers should be bludgeoning them inside. I don't necessarily know if outside is going to be important because I don't think they're going to pass that much. If they can face up on them in the interior, get pressure there, then you can go outside, sure. But if not, you're just going to see the Chargers get their ass kicked and push back five yards. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Dan. And first off, gaff on my part, 
I told myself that I was going to be better at this. Braden Fajoko. Ah, Sorry. Okay. Braden Fajoko. Did you say it wrong? I didn't catch that. I one. thought I said it wrong just a few minutes ago. So, and then I was thinking to myself, did I just say that wrong again when I was making a point of saying these name players' names correctly? So again, I apologize. But that's an interesting point, Dan, because I agree with you that, that you would normally think that that would be the case, especially if Cleveland is having success running the ball. You would need a little bit more of that interior pressure where if that's the case, you're going to have to get creative with some of your stunts and how you're going to be employing Khalil Mack and Chris Rump off the edge because that's where that's where a majority of your pass rush is coming from. So we would probably need to see a bigger game from Morgan Fox, much like we saw this last week in Houston. Is Jerry Tillery in the rotational role that he's going to get? I know he got a strip fumble last week, but I think it was, what, Dan, four snaps that he played in rotation? So he... Thankfully for him, he was able to make a play on one of them. But yes, to your point, I fully agree with that. If you can put yourself in a position uh, that you can be bringing four instead of five, and if you need to bring five, that you could have one of these like Drew Tranquil or or Kenneth Murray shots from the middle to shoot right up the middle, uh, from the middle to shoot right up the middle. That was nice. <laughs> Operation redundancy, obviously carrying on. Uh, if you can generate pressure like that get creative defensively that's where you can build on some of this on how you can get to Jacoby percent I fully agree with that and I do think this is an important game for the second level of this Chargers defense I think this is a Kenneth Murray Drew Tranquil Kyle Van Noy type of game because they're going to get to the second level and you cannot miss tackles you cannot miss assignments and you cannot get out of position against a rushing attack like this I did make a gaffe as well, Jake. I will admit I said top five for Chargers for uh, passing or for sacks on defense. I apologize. They have the sixth most. But, Jake, this is kind of interesting. I don't think people have really necessarily recognized this. Jake, do you know that the Chargers are top 10 in sacks? They are top 10 in tackles for loss. They are, I want to say they are pressure. I want to have the quarterback hits. Quarterback hits are 11th. Like, you'll take that. You'll take that top 10 interceptions. You'll take that. I think, I think Dan respectfully, the reason that that has not brought up is that a bulk of those stats have come against two teams that combined are one, five and one. Well, no, that's, that's no. why the wins have, but those stats I, come up against, I'm them. talking about a bulk of them, not talking about all of them. Because you remember where you got a lot of sacks and interceptions for against the Raiders game in week one? Mm-hmm. You had two and what was it? Four sacks against Houston. Jacksonville game, you didn't touch Trevor Lawrence, unfortunately, <laughs> in that one. Patrick Mahomes, there was three almost should have been interceptions in that game that ultimately ended up getting negated. I think you got to him, what, once or twice? As far held as him, I think goes. you held him under 200 yards, didn't you? Yes. So I think that's a little bit skewed, but it's also a reason why it's not being talked about when you look and see where a bulk of those stats came from. <sighs> I don't know. All right. Position matchups to look for for this one. I think this is going to be kind of interesting because I think this is where the game is going to be won or lost. Jake, what defenders on the Chargers are you thinking is going to be a key matchup against this Browns offense? Uh, <laughs> Asante Samuel right now is just is on fire, in my opinion, in his continuity through the first four weeks of what he's able to do. I think that the 
the matchup between him and Amari Cooper is going to be one to watch, especially if the Browns, one of their game plans is to get him the ball more than they got last week. Him or J.C. Jackson, one of the two, yeah. I'll, I'll be interested to see how they're going to rotate. Um, you know, having J.C. back for this being his second consecutive game, obviously he's going to be practicing a lot more this week than he has in weeks past. Uh, I would still assume, just given how you saw it employed against Houston, that that's where they're going to go with because that's where the positive trend has been thus far. Could change, but may not. Who knows? Time will tell on that. Derwin James covering David and Joku, obviously huge, huge. See if you can just take him out of the game because the stats for Derwin James through first, the first four weeks has been ridiculous when Sick. quarterbacks have been targeting his his direction. Um, and yeah, up front, what are you going to do to be able? Look, you're not going to be able. This defense is not going to be able to slow down the Cleveland Browns running game. But can you take away? the big time plays, which the Cleveland Browns have 25 of those statistically through the first four weeks of the season. How can you take away the big play ability of this offense from a defensive perspective? That's the biggest question. Jake, you ready? We didn't talk about special teams much, but <laughs> we did We did find out. I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to say we have a position battle of our own on the Chargers to worry about. <laughs> yes, Um we didn't talk about special teams yet. Came out today that Dustin Hopkins is battling an injury. May not be able to go on Sunday. Big deal, little deal, no deal. What happens? <laughs> Just when you thought. Just when you think you have the Chargers kicking woes behind you. Um, this is interesting, Dan, because a lot of people are trying to go back and find where he may have hurt himself. Some people were saying it was on the first kickoff of the game. And then I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, damn, he was still out there kicking field goals the rest of the afternoon. Kicking touchbacks so, as well. Who knows? Who knows the severity of it? I, it doesn't sound like it's too severe, but something that obviously just may hamper him for at least a week. Mm -hmm. uh, Brandon Staley said we wouldn't know uh, more information on that until Thursday. So we'll see what ends up coming of that. They said that they may need to sign someone if he's not able to play, obviously. Um, if it comes to that, Dan, honestly, you may see more of the 2021 Brandon Staley that everybody's been clamoring for through the first four weeks of the season where... If it's not Dustin Hopkins out there and it's it. fourth and two on your own 40, you may see that that old Brandon Staley start to emerge a little bit more to say, let's go for it. Or if it's like a 55-yard field goal or hell, even a 45-yard field goal, Brandon Staley may say to himself, no, we're in opponent's territory. Let's, I feel better with Justin Herbert possibly converting this than I do insert name kicker at this point. <laughs> By the way, I think the Brandon Staley effect is alive and well. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, Jake, but last week, I think Stefanski had the offense for the Browns go for it on like fourth and two from their own like 30, something like that last week. And I was like, dang, they got it too. And I was just like, two years ago, this wouldn't even been a thing. But now all of a sudden, like, folks are going forward on forward down all over the place. And weirdly, Chargers aren't doing it as much. But it, don't be surprised if you see the Browns do the same thing the Chargers do. Or were historically known for doing, at least last year. Uh, okay, Jay, here we go. Bold prediction. Final scores. <laughs> the floor is yours. 
it's it's hard, Dan. It really is. And I say this because normally after all the points that we have made, you would know where I would be going in this prediction. But in here, I'm glad that you have said it yourself, the hypothetical questions to say, like, this should be the game plan. Will the Chargers stick to it? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> and that was the big folly of last week is that it didn't seem like from an offensive standpoint that they stayed as consistent as they should. And from a defensive standpoint, allowing some of those big plays, you allowed the Houston Texans to come back in this game. And the Cleveland Browns are pretty damn good at explosive big chunk plays. So can you limit that? (laughs) I'd like to believe that they could. I'd like to believe that they could. I'll tell you this. I don't know what the line is for this game, but I don't expect a either A, a blowout, or B, a, a low-scoring defensive game from either one of these teams because <laughs> come the fourth quarter, defense just goes out the window for some reason. I don't know what it is with both of these teams. So is it going to be as high-scoring as it was in 2021 between these two squads? I don't think it's going to go that high. But Over under 47 and a half. Is that the line? Yep. I'm out of the over on that for sure. Because <laughs> what was the final score last year, Dan? It was like Wasn't 47, it? 44, something crazy. Yeah, it was huge. Yep. Uh, 47 and a half, you said? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to take the over on that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say this is like a... It, it, it sucks because if I make this a three-point game... I'm possibly putting this on the leg of an unknown kicker that I have no idea who it is. <sighs> Screw it. 34-31. Chargers somehow, <laughs> somehow could come away with a victory. Now, is that a bold prediction too? <laughs> well, can't you just tell by the level of my confidence based on that kid are you 30, listening 30, to me 34 31 final score for jake going apologies away. to anybody with you know for my confidence on that but they were expecting a pessimistic take and that was well, not it. i'm impressed that i mean it kind of was i mean hey you're predicting a win that's as optimistic was. as i can get um okay bold prediction for me i think you're going to see a receiver not named Mike Williams get 100 yards. So if it's if Keenan Allen doesn't end up playing and it's not Mike Williams, then who is it? Could be Josh Palmer on a fluke play. Could see DeAndre Carter have a day. Michael You'd Penny. be really bold if you win with a bandy season prediction right now. I don't. I don't see. I don't. I, I have. Mean, he, Got halfway there I on mean, two catches last again. Week. Maybe I, I'm not going. I, look, I'm on the limb already saying it's not going to be Mike Williams, but someone's going to get 100 yards. Um, I do think that the Chargers are going to win this game. I think they know how important this one is, given what's ahead of them, and given what they let fall behind against the Jaguars. I'm going to go 20, 31, 21 Chargers. No, sorry, 31, 17 Chargers. You have them winning by that big of a margin. Man, my chest was all out when I said it, but I don't necessarily... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Don't shortchange yourself. If that's how you feel, by all means, go for it. 31 27. Not 31 27. 31 27. That's a big 10 point swing there, Chief. 31 27. (laughs) 31 27. I got the Chargers winning. I think it's going to be like a 31 to 20 game that they're going to get a touchdown or something towards the end. That's what 17 was, but I'm giving them the other touchdown. Chargers go three and two. And I do think, can you imagine the euphoria, Jake, if Jamari Sawyer has another solid performance? This fan base is going to go ballistic. Last week with a 97% efficiency rating, Mm-mm-mm. one of the top scores on PFF as far as active tackles goes for how for his performance. It's a great first step. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be a much bigger test going up against one of the best in the league as far as pass rushers goes. Chargers go up against the Cleveland Browns Sunday. I believe 1 o'clock is going to be kickoff. Uh, I, be- I think it's Brian Gumbel is going to be on the call, if I remember right. Chargers have won the last three against the Browns. Uh, also have the winning record against them all time. For Jake Hefner, you can find him at Jake D. Hefner today with the backwards hat. Myself at Dan W. Sports with the forwards hat. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Good luck the rest of the week. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon, evening, and night. And we'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed. Let's go to three and two. We'll talk about it on Monday. Bye.